There's a lot of verses left out here. If you look in your missalette, you'll notice that there's the uh, parable of the prodigal son, and that starts around verse 11 of chapter 15 in Luke. But uh, we don't start at, at verse 11. We start at verse 1, 2, and 3, I think. Yes, 1, 2, and 3. So that's the frame. That is a question, an issue, a problem. And in answer to that situation, Christ then tells this parable. There's an intervening parable, but in fact, the very fact that we focus in this way makes us aware that context is everything, or at least almost everything. And you understand an answer. You never understand the answer if you haven't heard the question first. So are you ready for the question? Good. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, Jesus addressed this parable. And so then we skip down to verse 11, which is Christ's answer to them, as much as the, and tells this parable in turn. Now, just by way of background, let's notice that this parable is so touching, it's perhaps the most famous portion uh, in books, anthologies of literature uh, ever found of the, of the Christian Gospels. Uh, you find it in many, many, many collections and not else, but you find this, perhaps the Beatitudes as well. But perhaps this beforehand, it's only found in Luke, Luke 15. It's always good to have it and recur to it, whether in your head or in your scriptures, and obviously have the Bible at home, the New Testament at home, the Psalms. And the parable is touching to us all because of the Father's transparent love. Christ the Word is revealing to us the unseen Father and what the Father is really like and how he's not issuing his laws out of self-interest, but how, as we so all presume, but out of deep and profound love for us. Think of it, the Father in here, his wealth was plundered. And... Uh, the, uh, in a sense, that work of his life wasted and un unused or used badly. And so God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And his son was traduced, not listened to. The scribes and Pharisees would listen to his word only for ulterior motives, to pick grounds against him, to do him in, to get him out of their way so his message could not be heard. And sometimes we're the same way. The world captures us like a virus. And it has in us all kinds of ideas that we use to counter the Christian message so it never gets in. Talk about a vaccine. So that it never, ever really gets in. And, uh, you know, people used to say, make sure, you know, use your sense when you come in, don't leave your head at the door. But when you go out into the world, don't leave your head at the door. Make sure we have the Christian message inside and in our hearts and heads and in our wills. Because so often matters of intellect require the will to let them in the door. When you speak of social justice, you'll find there are certain people who have decided that they don't believe any of it, it's not to be heard. When you talk about pro-life, they don't want any of it, it's not to be heard. We just go down the list of all the commandments. We're all like that on a given day, do you think? And so we're so much here to teach us, so much here to teach us. And the Father's love was not only for the rogue who went away, but also for the one who was self-righteous. And that's all important for us to hear because on certain days we're rogues and certain days we're self-righteous. Certain days we're sinners. Sometimes we're saints who are stiff-necked and hard to put up with. But Christ the teacher teaches them this, as he said in another place. That's the sick who need a doctor. He's a doctor. We're the sick. Please make room and let the doctor get in the door. Don't block the door. 
So please plan to help rather than enlarging the problem by becoming one of the bigger problems yourself, oneself, ourself. Because both of their situations, the first one who went away and blew all the dough on prostitutes and so on, the other one who stands with his arms folded outside, both need help and both in a sense have fallen down in what life could be. And yet what this parable teaches us is that falling down is part of life. And uh, getting back up is living. And perhaps a further step, the Christian way, the path we're to take that's the way, the truth, and the life that the Lord reveals to us, which is our second reading, says is a new creation we wouldn't have guessed we always hinder, is the Father lifting up the very Son and celebrating the one who blew all his dough. He really can't make this stuff up. And the one who tries to get the other to come in and be a brother to the first brother, he says, your son obviously doesn't feel very brotherly. Would that be a fair statement? And all of us have felt that way certain days about people who've blown everything. But without enough left, not a drop left to the milk of human kindness to help the sinner, the person, errant, or whatever. Now I must say, I know you and I know that you're not that way. You know, we do illustrate parables, but I hope you don't think uh, we're talking about you as being self-righteous or running off. I haven't seen you running off working with swine, lately at least, you know. Maybe we'll get these reports in one of the tabloids later. But it is really important, isn't it, to be like the Father and to lift people up. So I wanted, in terms of being, rather than being stiff-necked, I wonder if we could use an illustration. You ready? I know people who go to Europe and spend a vast amount on the tickets and the hotel. And they're too cheap to buy a book to tell them what they're looking at. So they walk fast paced past everything and everything is missed because all these great treasures pass them by. Sometimes, you know, we say, well, I don't sing, so we leave the book shut. There's the nice music, but far more important than the hardware is the software. And so the words are even more important to him than the music. And could I give you an illustration of that? I wasn't going to, but you insisted. Number 541. So here, come up to the Learning Center. Number 541, the opening hymn. Number 541 by Father Faber. Beautifully picked for today. 541. Now we don't have time to read aloud the whole thing. Are you ready for a compromise? We'll read aloud the first half of the page for every stanza. So the first two lines for stanza one, first two lines for stanza two, I think you can see where we're going, okay? Together, shall we, if you can? There's a wideness in God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea. There's a kindness in his justice, which is more than liberty. Stanza two, there is welcome for the sinner and more graces for the good. There is mercy with the Savior. There is healing in his blood. For the love of God is broader than the measure of our mind, and the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. But we make his love too narrow by false limits of our own, and we magnify his strictness with a zeal he will not own. I've been reading a marvelous book by a woman who's written a couple of lives of uh, more contemporary saints. She's written on Padre Pio, and she's written on Maximilian Kolbe. She wrote one on Pope John. I think the title is Meet Pope John. Her name is Patricia. Last name is, how do you pronounce it? Tracy, Tracy, T-R-E-E-C-E, -E -E, if you get a chance. I'd really recommend it. Has all kinds of marvelous apertures. And one of them is that when he was, uh, before he became Pope, when he was uh, Patriarch of Venice, Cardinal of Venice, 
there were various things you had to deal with priests and so on. Sometimes you have to get rid of a priest. Sometimes you correct them. Sometimes people, it seems hopeless. It's an endless job for a bishop. And so there was one priest who was errant, but he was always holding out hope that he would change before he got kicked out of the priesthood. And Lars Capovilla, who was adopted as his secretary, kept saying what other people were saying, you're being too indulgent of this fellow. Uh, you should just get rid of him. And he said, well, there's always hope. I haven't tried everything. And, and so he, uh, he tried various things. And at that point, however, in the conversation at table, do you know what, John, what Angelo Roncalli did? He took a glass, a tumbler. Do you know what I mean, a glass? And he held the glass. He said, whose is this? And the secretary said, You're, the houses are yours. He said, okay. So he held it over the floor. And he said, now if I drop this, who's it, the, the, it will, what will happen? It'll be in pieces. Whose are the pieces? Yours as well. So his idea was, rather than torpedoing the guy into pieces, to try to gently, lovingly correct him to change from the inside out. Now you and I can divide people into two classes. The people who would buy the AK-47 and take the guy out. <laughs> and people who would try a few methods at least to win him from the inside out, which is the only side that's gonna work. You know the famous Christ knocking at the door, Christ the light of the world in Keeble Chapel and at the end of St. Paul's Cathedral in London. And he has a lantern, he's in a garden and he's knocking on a door. And do you know what they always say about that painting? Notice there's no doorknob. There's no doorknob because it's the human heart. And the only way to open it is from within. The only way to open it is from within. Christ's way is God the Father's way, which he reveals to us. It seems impossible. And yet there's this. People who aren't Catholic, who aren't Christian, who don't know about God, haven't heard that good news yet. They love this parable. It breaks into them, it gets through the door. It's on the other side of the door with them already, before we even told them about Christian message or were ever missionaries. And they are touched and captured by it, and they already learn from Christ's wisdom that there's a there, there. Many times in our lives, we worry whether God loves us. We wonder whether God really cares. But we read this, Luke 15, we know God does. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.